Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Reach and Teach podcast. It is me, Victoria Baxter of the JAL Ministry. And of course, I'm a Christian life coach. I'm also a minister, author, a couple of other different things, but you can learn more about the ministry at www.thejalministry.com. Be sure to subscribe and connect to the website along with the podcast. So it is time for our Bible study uh, series that we've been doing, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. And of course, I'm coming with another installment um, for the series. And it's naming it that, keeping in mind that the Holy Spirit is a gift that also gives gifts, right? We've been talking about how Jesus Christ, of course, he himself was also a gift given by the Father. But in the book of John, he was saying like, hey, I'm going to be with the Father, but I'm giving you a gift. So now we have the Holy Spirit. And of course, there are all of these different gifts that he has given to us as well. Even in Reach Online Church, every Sunday, we've been looking at spiritual gifts that he has equipped every single believer with. I mean, it's really, you know, kind of looking at how to determine what your gifts are and how to actually use them and use them well. Going to Romans 8, 26, we touched on this a little bit last week here in this series, And in that passage, it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. All right. And I want to examine that a little bit more going in depth, a little bit more today. Since last week, we, you know, we talked about Holy Spirit being comforter and paraclady, but I want to look specifically at intercessor for today for just a few moments. So make sure you grab your Bibles. Of course, if you are a note taker, grab, you know, your journal or your workbook as well. Let me say a quick prayer for us so that we can get started. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I want to thank you for this day that you have allowed us to see another day to be here in your presence, another day to study your word together. Lord God, I pray that you would be here with me in this moment. I pray, of course, as always, that you would decrease me and increase you, Lord God, because this moment is nothing has nothing to do with me. It's all about you and your honor, Lord God. So I just ask that you would be here as I teach, as I share your word. Of course, I have my notes, but I want you to have your way. And if there's anything that you would have me to say during this time, Lord God, I pray that you would uh, make it plain. Give me the ears to hear clearly from you. And of course, impress upon the hearts of every person listening right now, everyone under the sound of my voice, just speak to them and have them take away what you would want them to hear in this moment, Lord God, we love you. We need you. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Amen. So when we think about intercessory prayer, this is, you know, praying on behalf of someone else. It's praying on behalf of others. Intercession in and of itself, it is the act of, um, it's the act of it happening. It's the act of intercessory prayer. So intercessor is the one that is praying for someone else. So I started off looking at Romans 8:26. When you go to the very next verse, I love Romans 8:27. It says, "And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will." You know, our Greek it says like instead of believers, it's for God's holy people. So it says the Spirit intercedes according to the will of the Father. I think it's evident. We know that sometimes our prayers, you know, end up being unanswered. You know, we 
talked about this before in the unanswered prayer series while we really kind of delved into Matthew 6, 33. But sometimes our prayers are selfish. Um, you know, sometimes they're just maybe all over the place. So, of course, we're only able to maybe pray um, from a very limited way of thinking. You know, we really can't fathom and grasp, you know, a greater way or what God might really, you know, be trying to do. We're just very, we can be narrow-minded sometimes. And I think even that in and of itself, it reminds me of Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, where, you know, God is saying like, hey, like my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Like my thoughts and ways are higher above, you know, what you can even think of them, you know, as being. So a lot of times when our prayers are either on a low level or they're selfish or, you know, sometimes perhaps at a time when we're, you know, maybe we've yet to truly mature spiritually, we have not quite realized the difference between flesh and spirit. And that can oftentimes affect our prayers, you know, what we pray for and of course, whether or not they're going to be answered. So the Holy Spirit, this is where he steps in. And he pleads to God for us, whether again, we are being selfish, whether we are being foolish, whether we are not being wise, whether we are only able to see something with a limited set of eyes, whether we're not thinking about the bigger picture, whether we're not thinking about, you know, what we're asking for and how it can truly affect us, or maybe sometimes just in general, not even realizing what we're doing how it can also affect us. You know, a lot of this goes with interceding and it it reminds me of something. And I want to go to 1 Samuel 25. Let's go to 1 Samuel 25. And what we see going on here in 1 Samuel 25, it's telling the story of Nabal, a wealthy man who lived, um, you know, down in that area at that town. It says, you know, he had plenty of sheep and goats and he just, he, he had a lot of, you know, property and wealth and things like that. And when David heard that he was sharing sheep, he sent a message to Nabal. And we can see that starting in, um, you know, verses, I want to say six through nine. Let's take a look at that. So David sent this message, you know, peace and prosperity to you, your family and everything you own. I am told that it is sheep sharing time. While your shepherds stayed among us near Carmel, we never harmed them and nothing was ever stolen from them. Ask your own men and they will tell you that this is true. So would you be kind to us since we have come at a time of celebration? Please share any provisions that you might have on hand with us and with your friend David. David's young men gave this message to Nabal in David's name, and they waited for a reply. Very basic, right? David was like, hey, you know, peace to you, peace to your family, peace to everything you own. If you don't mind, like, you know, as you can see, like, we never harmed your sheep. We never stole anything from you. Like, at a time like this, like, would you please share just any provisions that you might have on hand? Like, I'm asking you nicely after already. professing my blessings on you and everything that you have own and that you're doing that's just that so even then Nabal scoffed a little bit and it was more of like a okay who is he like who is he that he would ask me for anything and he even said like who does this son of Jesse think that he is you know that he would be asking me like what why would I what 
you know, that no, like, dude, what's going on here is pretty much what Nabal's response was. And when David heard what the response was, like David pretty much reacted from like a get the strap standpoint. It was like, oh, okay, well now it's on at this point. So now I'm going to, you know, wreak havoc and I, I tried. So now this is what we're going to do. So Nabal's servants then told Nabal's wife, Abigail, what happened. Telling him what happened while even defending David and his men like, hey, like this is what's going on. But like David and his people, like they're cool. Like they didn't steal. They didn't do anything. And now this is the way that your husband is about to respond. Like this can make it very, very bad for all of us. Like you need to understand what's what's pretty much happening happening at this point. So verses 17 through 19, it showed that she wasted no time jumping into action. 17 through 19 says, you need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. So Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, go on ahead, I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband, Nabal, what she was doing. Now, I mention all this because as we think about the Holy Spirit, our intercessor, I just kind of wanted to give you an example of what all of that looks like. Okay, because even as you continue on with reading 1 Samuel 25, um, and even like for me, I'm in the NLT translation right now. Right above verse 23, we even see, like, after all of that is where we even see the subheader that says, Abigail intercedes for Nabal. So starting off now, let's go to uh, verses 23, and I want to read uh, read this passage here about Abigail interceding for Nabal. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off of her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay attention to him. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests, because the name Nabal actually means fool or foolish. She says, but I never even saw the young man, young men that you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all of your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here's a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty for you are fighting the Lord's battles and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder 
and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. So the only reason that David did not turn to murder, the only reason that Nabal was not murdered in that instance, the only reason that David did not execute, you know, revenge or vengeance is because Abigail, the wife of this foolish man, went to the king. She went to the person who, in essence, had the power and who could have really wreaked havoc in their lives. She went to him and interceded on her husband's behalf. So in the same way, the Holy Spirit, just like Abigail, intercedes and goes to the throne on your behalf. Even when you're foolish, even when you make a mistake, even when you go the wrong way, even when you fall victim to sin. Because oftentimes we as humans, we react from flesh and human emotions, right? But the good part is that thankfully we have the Holy Spirit who is omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He possesses all of these different qualities. He even possesses omniscience. We can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to look at verses 11 through 12. It says, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. So the Holy Spirit is omniscient and we also have him who knows the spirit of God, who knows our thoughts. We have received God's spirit so we also can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. Something else that is amazing about the Holy Spirit is that he's omnipresent. You know, as I mentioned that he's omnipresent. We get to see that in Psalm 139, 7. Psalm 139, 7, it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. No matter where you go, what you do, what you try to make happen, you cannot escape the Holy Spirit. You just cannot do that. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, those of you who, you know, you watch the videos, you tune into the podcast, I don't care what it is I'm doing. Like, even with a lot of my... um you know, teachings for like single Christian women and even through the single women's ministry and the coaching business, like a lot of times I say the same thing, like Holy Spirit, you know, you have free reign, you have permission. And of course he's going to be here no matter what, like he's here in the midst. Okay. But I do that because I also want to make sure like, Hey, I just want to make sure that I don't make this about me. I want to make sure that you know that I want you to come in and take over. Like he doesn't need permission to be present, but I also want to make sure that I'm never stifling him or stop, you know, because I can have me a set of notes and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is a really good message that I know the Holy Spirit has given to me. 
because I'm not that wise on my own. So it's like, okay, well, this is really, really good. But, you know, a lot of teachers and ministers and pastors, you know, we know that it's like we can have these things. And even just in life in general, as Christians, we can have our plans. But then there's always those divine interruptions. There are always those times where God might say, hey, I need you to shift. I want you to go a different direction with this. And sometimes just even seeing like, hey, even if I gave you those notes over the past week, hour, whatever, will you still listen to me even if I change the even if I change the course of things at the last minute? Are you going to be so focused on it going the way that you were looking forward to it going? Or are you going to be willing to shift a different direction to really show that this is all about me and not you? That's almost like that's one of the true test of things. So that's why I'm always like, hey, God, Holy Spirit, have your way. If there's something else that come that you want me to speak or maybe that I could have missed it while I was doing my notes, being distracted. You know, I mean, I, I have teenagers in this house. I have, you know, little my own mini petting zoo for the most part. So maybe I missed something. Holy Spirit, have your way. This is all about, you know, you, Lord God, we just want, you know, this is about you and your glory and we just want to get the victory. I want to make sure that I let the Holy Spirit do what he is supposed to do as to not stifle him. So Psalm 139.7 is showing that we can't get away, like we can never escape his presence. He is just going to be here, like, and that's just that. And that is an amazing thing, truth be told. Look at 1 John 5, 6. It shows us that the Holy Spirit, he is truth. And it says, and Jesus Christ was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the spirit who is truth confirms it with his testimony. So he is truth. And something else that I love about the Holy Spirit, he knows many things. Why? Because he is wise. He is filled with such great wisdom. Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. Isaiah 40, 13, it says, who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? And of course, like that's like a rhetorical question. It's like who is able to advise the Holy Spirit? Like who is able to even give him advice? Who is able to even teach the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 14. Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path? And it goes on like, no, like that. That's a, it's a rhetorical question. Like there, there is no one like he is wise. He has so much wisdom. So it's great that we have him dwelling inside of us, but we have to let him do his job. We need to let him give wisdom to us. We need to let him intercede on our behalf the whole nine. He is all of these things and here he is, someone who cares for you, someone who cares for me, one who goes to the Father and pleads and speaks on our behalf when we don't have the words, when we messed up, when we can't think of what to pray, when we can't think of what to ask, when we fall short, when we try walking away, when we try doing things under our own power, under our own might, when we try to do things that the way that the world does things, we have the Holy Spirit who is here to intercede on our behalf. And when you look at what intercede means, it says to intercede is to intervene and intervene. It means to come between so as to prevent 
or alter a result or course of events, right? So to intercede is to intervene or come between, you know, and it's doing that on behalf of another person. So the Holy Spirit will go to God and ask God to move on your behalf, to move in your favor, according to the will of God, according to the good and pleasing and perfect will of God, just like we see in Romans 12 too, where it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to, you know, live out his good and pleasing and perfect will. So we have the Holy Spirit who will convict us, say, hey, come back this way. Don't do things that the world does things. Like when we're about to make a decision and then something tells us to shift That's the Holy Spirit. But then even if we do follow the patterns and the way of the world and go the opposite direction, even then we have the Holy Spirit who will go to God. Hey, 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 God, I know she did this. I know that this is the way that he chose to go. But would you please like let she doesn't know any better. Like he's trying like he will literally go and intercede for us. He is our advocate. He goes on our behalf as crazy as that might be. He is truly the gift that keeps on giving. He gives you all you need and more. So don't take it lightly and don't take him for granted. Allow him to be at work in your life. Allow him to be at work in your life. Allow him to lead you and God lead you and, and guide you and allow him to comfort you. Allow him to convict you. Allow him to do all the things that he has been sent to do as your comforter, as your counselor, as your advocate, as all of these different things, okay? I think we only have about two more episodes here for this study as we continue to look at the other gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. I think it would do you well to do this study while also tuning into the message, like I said, on Sunday for Reach Online Church. That's spiritual gifts. And then, of course, we have this study. So we're looking at the the actual spiritual gifts that believers give And then we're also just looking at the Holy Spirit in general, who he is as a person and what is his job. So looking at all of these different things together as we're all thinking about Christmas gifts. And for some of us, no, we're not. We're just happy that we even made it to the end of 2020. All right. But just continue to tune in so we can go through this all together. All right. Listen, I pray that you all have a fantastic day. Um, I pray that the rest of your week goes well. And of course, I will connect with you all on Sunday as we continue the Spiritual Gifts series. Do not forget to connect with the ministry at the JALministry.com. You can follow on Instagram, JALministry. You can like the page on Facebook, the JALministry. Of course, on Facebook, there's Reach Online Church, that public group where I can, you know, sometimes take prayer requests and you know, kind of post in there just for a a very small community there. But either way, God bless. Thank you for tuning in. If you are led, you can sow into this ministry at the JAL ministry site. You can also subscribe to 
and also support this podcast um, on Anchor. Of course, I know you can do it through there. It's the Anchor Reach and Teach podcast. Some of you I know also listen on Apple, Spotify, many different things and ways to connect. But God bless. I pray that you all have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you all later. Bye.